0: This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the L O B, the Lockdown Browns podcast. Brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day, appreciates everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen day in, day out, whatever podcast platform you use. Make sure you're following. Subscribe to the On Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews, greatly Greatly appreciated, everybody. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use the promo code Touchdown to get twenty five cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Uh, Senior Bowl wrapped up this weekend. Uh, whatever you want to call what they did in Las Vegas yesterday, they call it the Pro Bowl. I, I, I guess whatever it, it, you know. Look, nobody came out injured, which is the most important thing. Um, but I think that game just needs to be put out of its misery. I'd rather listen to NFL <laughs> players talk for three hours than actually watch what they call the Pro Bowl. But we're going to get to some Senior Bowl stuff here. A friend of the show, uh, Browns Wire, Lions Wire, real GM. Everybody knows Jeff risen't been on a ton. Uh, Jeff, first things first, uh, just how about this? Uh, getting back to some normalcy in the NFL draft process, getting back to be able to go – to mobile. And I know for you, you used to always like to do the shrine senior bowl turnaround. Certainly that's not a possibility the way it worked out this year. Um what was it like though? Getting back to normal, getting back to see the guys, getting back to, you know, some sense of hopefully closer and closer to trending back to normalcy within the world and of course between the world of NFL coverage.
1: Yeah, it was really nice just being back and, and standing and watching a practice with you know people that I hadn't seen in two years. You know, I was at the senior bowl in twenty twenty was at the combine in 2020 and actually while we were at the combine in Indianapolis in, in 2020 was when the the first like oh this this COVID thing what what is that you know but it, it really started to hit and then you know the world changed about a week and a half later uh so for me it it was just it was so nice catching up with people that I hadn't seen in person in a long time people that you know. I, I normally at this time of year, I'm spending a lot of time with them. You know, we're, we're, we're in person together. And that, that was, that was weird. I missed it. So from that standpoint, it was great. You know, it was fun being outside watching a practice again. Um, I hadn't done that since, since training camp, you know, being, being in Alabama, it's, it's different. Um, it it rained almost the entire time we were there. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, in, instead of being, as you know, I, I live in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, uh, they had feet of snow here while I was gone. I, I just got wet, so for, for, I, I, I like being at that too. But yeah, just you know, being out and about, and, and you know, being able to to hang out with people. Um, we, sitting in a on uh, was it Thursday night when the sh- when the Shrine Bowl took place in Las Vegas, um, and as you said, you know, you can't do both anymore. A couple people did, but they were they were dragging hard by uh, <laughs> Thursday night. But I sat, sat in a restaurant in Mobile with uh, about 15 other people. We were all watching it. And just, you know, watching it and throwing out observations like, oh, look at what that guy, you know, what do you think of that guy, what do you think of that guy? You know, that, that was awesome. That That's something that I had really missed. So that was, it was very uh, rejuvenative from a personal standpoint.
0: Uh, yeah. And in most of the country, you know, there was still, you know, 12 to thirty inches, 12 to 13 inches of ground, uh, snow on the ground still here in New Jersey at the time. Um, you know, so fifties and rain. Yeah. I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world, but, um, you know, we're all getting a little bit older. I didn't and, mind uh,
1: it for the first, you know, couple of inches of rain after that, it got
0: old. <laughs> yeah. Well, watching it Wednesday and just thinking, oh my God. God, you poor sons of guns. And, look, I mean, when you get to a point where you have water in your parts of your body where, you know, it's not supposed to be unless you're swimming or in a shower, um, it's just not fun. And if it sounds like we're getting older and we're getting crankier with age, yeah, folks, ain't no lying. We are. We are. Uh, Okay, so we're going to go here, obviously, a little bit to the uh you know, prospects themselves. We'll start here on the offensive side of the ball. We'll get to the defense before we let Jeff out of here, we're going to get some thoughts here on the Super Bowl. You know, obviously for Jeff, this is going to be a little bit different. Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl. Oh wait, it has nothing to do with the Lions, but we can get some great thoughts here from Jeff as far as that. But Jeff, I, you know, on the offensive side of the ball here, I think at the quarterback position, I don't think. And this, and everybody, look, I. It happens every year. The Super Bowl hang. Look, it's three practices, and for some guys, look, it's hard. You don't look good. And it certainly doesn't help you. Some guys look great, but none of it should change the grand scheme of things all that much. Most important thing for these guys down there is maybe meeting with teams, what they get across and kind of understanding who these guys are as people. And, you know, because that has a lot to do with, you know, the decisions you're going to make as far as, you know, whether or not you can sell yourself down there. But the quarterback position, I think Malik Willis, we, we learned one thing there is an absolute ton of potential there. Is there the potential there to maybe be the best quarterback in this class? There's no question about it. But he has not played against the level of competition as some of these other guys. Um, you know, Sam Howell, I think for parts of it, looked good. Kenny Pickett, some of the questions people have, about uh, Kenny Pickett, nothing changed down in Mobile. But this quarterback class, and specifically related to the Browns, and maybe even to the Lions, Jeff, um, I don't know that necessarily anything's probably changed that much as far as the way it goes here. And a lot of this with any of these guys in this class, it really looks like you're, you're banking on what they can be. And that's not always the best thing to do with quarterbacks because you basically want to bank on what you already know they are. Yeah. And, and in that
1: point, Kenny Pickett showed that he is the most NFL ready quarterback. Uh, he showed leadership skills. He showed uh, the, he, he was the most polished passer. It um, wasn't even close. Um, he, he He's a little bit older He's more mature. He's played at a higher level of competition. He comes from a pro-style offense. All of those things he solidified as as he is the top senior quarterback in this class. There's there's no question about it. But he also looks – he's a guy that he is what he is. I'm not sure that he's going to get that much better in the NFL than he is right now. And right now I would equate him on the level of a Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins guys that can win when you've got a good team around them and, and can can be part of why you win when you've got a good team around you, but they're also not a, a guy that's gonna be like you know, like Russell Wilson going into Seattle and taking a team and, and dragging it upward. You know, the way the Patrick Mahomes elevated a Chiefs team from from Alex Smith, who was kind of the same Ilka quarterback as as what those guys are, to to being a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. I don't think Pickett's that. So if you're Cleveland, I'm not sure that that helps you. Um, is he is he better than Baker Mayfield? Um, probably better than the Baker we saw this past year. But is it enough that you trust like that 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 he's the he's the missing piece? I don't know, man. That was like that that that's the tough one. You know. So the rest of the guys, though, like if you're if you're buying a lottery ticket, you're buying Malik Willis. He's got a lot to like. Um, he's got an arm. He's, he's He's got a cannon of an arm. Had no problem cutting through the wind at all. But just the little things. Like, he is so far away from being ready to play. Um, and I'll equate it to Trey Lance last year. Uh, Trey Lance was a lot bigger. Um, he's four inches taller. Malik Willis is only six feet tall. Um, he's smaller than Baker Mayfield, for those of you who don't like the, the quote-unquote midget. Uh, I would say, get out of here, Tony. <laughs> um th- yeah uh so, so he he's a lot rawer as a passer he comes from an offense where okay you have this read on this play and if it's not there take off um that that's that's like 70 percent of his offensive at, at liberty that's not necessarily his fault but it is something that he has to overcome and he struggled with that in team drills quite honestly when the first read was covered up uh, and and they wanted him to sit back in the pocket the the Lions coaches who were there they, they coached the American team and, and coached him they're like you need to stay and okay progress through your reads Let, let's see you do this it was a problem for him uh now now when he takes off like wow like wow it's 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 not unlike Michael Vick when when he gets out into the open field but the the passing the the touch on the pass oh my god Jeff the touch the lack of touch he threw a pass last week uh, threw a comeback route to a tight end. It was about five yards down the field. He threw it so hard it bounced off the the tight end's pads and went behind Willis. That's how lack, and that was like his lack of touch was like the the big conversation all week. Like, dude, take something off. You know, we we know you got the fastball. Do you have do you have the changeup. Do you have the, the curveball. That was, everything is at maximum velocity, and that's a real problem. Um, his accuracy is weird. Um, it's better deep than it is short, which is, is kind of strange. Like like there there is a lot to like with Willis, but man, he he better not play in twenty twenty two for your NFL team. Otherwise you're gonna be picking pretty high next year and wondering if you made the right choice. Uh he, he's he's a much better choice for a team like Detroit, where they have Jared Goff and Scott for a year. They're not necessarily having the expectations that, that Cleveland does of being a team that should compete. Um, for a division title, uh, and with with or without Baker, I think with Baker, obviously we, we've talked about that. I, I think he's a better bet for a team like that or a team like Houston um, that, that might be looking longer term for something. Uh, I don't think the Browns are there. Um, I think if the Browns are looking for a quarterback like that, they're going to go with Des- Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati who had an okay week. I think he validated who he is, which is a guy who's pretty good, but – Another guy that just doesn't have as high of a ceiling as a lot of other guys. Um, if if you want, you know, if you want a Deshaun Watson type, you want a, you know, a, a guy like that, um, Trey Lance. Even he, he's not there. Like you see good things with him, but there's also, like, wow, why did why did you not throw that ball when you did, or or, or when you didn't, you know, why why were you account late in in seeing that? Why didn't you feel that backside rush coming? There's a lot of the little things with that with Ritter that were just like, you see that he's good, but again, is he better than Jimmy Carapolo, Uh Better than you know, some of the, the Brian Tannehill? I don't know. And quite frankly, anyway, I don't think so. And that's, uh, that, that's sort of damning as a
0: prospect. You get to this situation here where you have a lot of teams in the NFL and certainly a lot of teams now with new coaches, um, new systems, obviously looking for their guy. Um, And it's difficult when you have this many new systems, new regimes going into place around the NFL and you don't have a quarterback class that kind of coincides with this, Um, you know, for the Browns. You know, and we've kind of said this, you know, the best bet for the Browns appears to be. Hopefully, you know, Baker Mayfield with getting healthy, returning back to Baker Mayfield that we saw in 2020. And, um, you know, there's been threads going around. Apparently, you know, a lot of people have soured in one year's time um, without taking injury uh, into, you know, account to all of that, you know. We'll see, Uh, you know, with health, does he play better with a better cast around him? Uh, We're going to get to the cast around him here in just a second because as far as, you know, the wide receiver position, tight end position, certainly a number number of options here for the Browns to uh, upgrade rooms, add depth. We're going to get to that in a second here with Mr. Jeff Risden on your latest Lockdown Browns. This is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, wink, wink, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on some of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. It's a built candy bar. It can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carbs. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it a taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. All caps, no space, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Jeff, now, as you look at rankings, you look at mock drafts, top wide receivers in this 2022 NFL draft. Most of them weren't down in Mobile. But again, these classes just continue to grow, and I think this trend probably started around 2014. Um, and look, this I, again, I get to this because it's the evolution of the game. It's the evolution of the game at the high school level, where you have high school receivers catching anywhere from 70, 80 passes in a high school season, they're better developed, they're better polished, they understand the nuances of the game better. they are smarter in reading coverage at the line of scrimmage, just better overall, better route running. but uh, there was a lot of players who showed really well and I think that translated to the game as well, whether it's players like you know Christian Watson or you know the young man out of Memphis um even Johnson out of Tennessee Jones out of Tennessee a lot of, lot of solid wide receiver prospects for a team that is desperate to maybe get some size and more athleticism in their wide receiver room.
1: Yeah, and if you're looking for for size, you want Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He had a great week in practices. Did not have a great game. Uh, some of that was was quarterback related, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, the, the the quarterbacking in the game itself was rough, um, and that that's sort of an indication of you know where we're coming from. Why you, you might want to not not risk it on the quarterbacks this year if you don't have to. Yeah, Watson, big, six foot four good frame able to catch the ball away from his body really well sets up his routes nicely can can break off a stem if he wants to um has a little bit of build up speed doesn't necessarily have the instant speed but can get can can burn it deep uh he probably put himself i don't know if he's going to be there for the browns in the second round or not that that's going to be the pressing question i don't think his body of work and his overall ability are going to get him into the first round uh, so then you're hoping that you know the, the, the first round guys like like and, and David Bell and, and guys like that um, who are in that you know sort of 20 to 40 range that they go off the board so there's not as much demand and and then he falls that that's sort of what you're hoping for with with a guy like Watson you know he he was the best wide receiver there there's no question about it um, I'm, it's interesting you brought up Ellis Jones from from Tennessee because th- this is a guy. Uh, smaller, um, works for the slot, but can also work outside. But one of the things that he offers, he's a punt returner. He's a good one. Uh, can can play all facets of special teams. If you're looking for a guy that's, you know, your number four wide receiver, reliable hands, can can pick up yards after the catch, uh, can can get open quickly on routes, but also then, like, contribute on special teams right away, if you, that, that's a fourth or a fifth round pick that brings you instant value. I'm one of the people, I'm advocating that the Browns have to get a better return solution. They might Now, it might be in-house, it might be Felton. I know Felton made the all-rookie team as a returner, but guess what? There was only two rookie returners in the league this year. He'd uh, <laughs> need to get a little bit more than that. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, he, he would be an interesting option. Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, playing in his home stadium. Big guy, very stiff at the line. That's something that he's got to work on. But after that, he, a guy—if you throw the ball to him, he's gonna catch it, uh, and he's gonna be able to catch it over guys. If you want a, a you, you got Mossed guy, Jalen Tolbert's your guy. Uh, kind of a red zone threat, although he's not as big as advertised. He's only six foot one, but uh, a physical guy. Yeah, they, you know there there was some there was some interesting receiving talent down there. Um, another guy, probably the, the most consistent all week was Braylon Sanders out of Ole Miss. Oh, that's guy 5'11", 188, kind of a slot guy, shifty guy. Um really good at getting open right away. That's not necessarily what a lot of Browns fans think the team needs, but if you can get a guy that can reliably get like third and four and he can get open at four yards in three steps and he can do that. That, that that's an asset. That's something that the Browns don't really have right now. That that, that sort of instant juice guy, um, he can do that. And then Calvin Austin, I think he's redundant with how the Browns use Anthony Schwartz or how they should be using Anthony Schwartz. And that vertical speed guy, but he, and he's he's five seven, about a buck seventy five, can absolutely fly though. And his lack of size didn't prevent him from getting open down the field uh, in, in Mobile or in Memphis. Uh that, that guy he, he made himself some money last week. He made earned a lot of fans, myself included. I'm just not sure that with with the Browns with where they are with Peoples, Jones and Schwartz as sort of you know downfield vertical threats that are bigger. Uh, I'm not sure that there's room for him on that. So, you know, the bigger receivers, you know, that that wasn't really stood out in mobile,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> Uh no, and I mean you go through this obviously with the All Star Game circuit. So many underclassmen each year declare, um, but you know, for these kids who put in the time, put in the four years, put in their full commitment, you know, they certainly deserve an you know an extra opportunity, you know, a spotlight to shine, and certainly had some of those guys do that down in Mobile. Um, I'm going to flip it up here. Go to the defensive side of the ball here. And I think this was where, I think this week turned pretty good for the Browns. Um, Over the last couple of years, we've had questions about interior defensive line play, you know, from, translated from college to the NFL. And look, you know, for the simple fact of it, you know, look at your Cleveland Browns. When you're talking about interior play, like Joel Batonio, J.C. Shredder, Wyatt Teller, you know, Colt, Quentin Nelson, all these types of players. It's really, really hard to find these guys at 20, 21, even 22 years old, ready to go in against these grown ass men who, you know, basically, you know, are you know paying their mortgages, you know, their families and their children. They're getting their finances taken care of for life by these men who are just so physically dominant, but they're for me. And I'll start on the interior side. I thought it looked good, and we don't necessarily always see this. You know, whether it was a Perry on Winfrey, whether it was a Travis Jones, there were other guys, but the Browns, desperate for some players who can find a way to contribute on the interior. Certainly, you're banking on a Jordan Elliott in the third year. You're banking on a Tommy Togi as far as improvement, but the Browns need some help there, and I think if you took one thing away from Mobile this week is that maybe, you know, normally we don't think we can get it right away. From some players in the draft, but there might be some players who might be able to come in here and fit this rotation and be able to do some, you know, contributing early on.
1: Oh yeah, Jeff, you're absolutely right. One of the one of the big takeaways was how good this interior defensive line class is. And keep in mind, not all the best guys were in Mobile. Uh, Perry M. Winfrey. If you watch the Senior Bowl game itself, he won the the game MVP, and it was easy to see why. Now, you do have to preface this. Both offensive lines that came in, there wasn't a natural center on either team. Like, they they had guys who were guards or tackles playing center all week. And actually, a couple of those guys probably did pretty well at center enough that, like, hey, they probably improved their draft stock. Uh, A guy like Cole Strange out of UT Chattanooga um, certainly is a guy that the Browns should be looking at in the sixth or seventh round as a reserve lineman with some upside at one of those spots. But, yeah, Winfrey was dominant all week. Travis Jones out of Yukon again you're looking and these guys are all the guys that I'm talking about here are second, third, fourth round picks, so you're not you're not burning your premium pick in Cleveland on that, but you're you're looking at a guy that, that can step in you know probably in the in the togi I draft range in the Elliott draft range which is where they like to take these guys. Jones was just dominant three hundred twenty six pounds he did not move backwards once all week, just a relentless forward driving force he has some pass rush moves he's impossible to block with one guy, just a, a wreak havoc all week. Um, if you try to zone block him, he's, he's gonna, he's got the patience and the hands to to figure out how to get back and, and cut behind, uh, and, and has enough quickness to finish the play. So he was, he was a really impressive guy. I, I, I really enjoyed watching him. And I didn't know that much about, him. like we don't get to watch a lot of Yukon football here, you know? it's just <laughs> not, some, not a, not a football factory. Um, you know, uh, there's a few other guys too. Um, I'm trying to think of I'll look off my notes here. Um, Otito Ogbania from U- U- UCLA, really good in run defense, uh, especially in team reps, um, shut down the run, the interior run game very well. That's something that I think Browns fans would like. He's also a guy that understands how to protect, you know, fleet footed linebackers behind him. Guess how Cleveland's defense is set up. Let's have Jok run around, make plays. Jacob Phillips, you know, it, when you go to two linebackers, you gotta keep them clean. He can do that. That that's so you know, that that he's probably a fourth or a fifth round guy. He just doesn't have that that sort of you know you know, clout for him. But there, there was a lot of guys. Logan Hall from Houston as a as a hybrid three slash five technique can do a lot of things. You know, if they want to if Joe Woods wants to mix it up and you know, go odd front every now and then, he he's a guy that you look at. There, there there was some there was some really good talent there. I was I was pleasantly surprised with with how well and how diverse it, it was. So if you're looking, you know, defensive line, there was a lot of guys down there, man. that did good. Devontae Wyatt, another guy, uh, just immovable object in the middle, has some pass rush ability, has some ability to, to win one-on-one, but can also, you know, gap if he has to and stack up blockers. And, again, that's what Joe Woods wants. So it was a really, from a Brown standpoint, very encouraging week on the defensive line.
0: Uh, no doubt about it. And then you get to the pass rusher and you know, look guys, again, I will say this, look, even if the Browns retain Jadavian Clowney, um, certainly hoping for that. Uh, you know, the, I think the pairing worked better than anybody even anticipated. Um, but uh, we get to the point where it's, you know, Porter Gustin, Joe Jackson, these I, I, I'm ready to rip up the rest of the room, Jeff. I'm ready to at least start banking on some younger players, maybe some players with some more athletic upside. And that didn't, disappoint this week you know Jermaine J- Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State doesn't maybe ne- necessarily fit the profile oh, due to age um but it, it it does amaze me that he went from Juco to Georgia where he barely played um and then Florida State got a coup and this player now at 23 you still think there's a player developing there but there were a lot of other pass rushers here and you know if you take anything away from the you know the combination of Garrett and Clowney and certainly at times Tack McKinley. Um, as great as the Browns are, seem to be regressing within the secondary, um, part of that is going to aid to what you already have in the strong pass rush where, look, if guys aren't going to get open and you're releasing just absolute athletic beasts on the outside and you bring some of these guys in, you have the opportunity to put Garrett on the inside or Clowney on the inside for reps. You're getting to a point where you know, the Browns can be treading out three to four small forwards in dime packages and just absolutely wreaking havoc on the opposing quarterback. I like the sound of that, Jeff. Sign me up for that.
1: I'm with you. I'm I'm with you on all that. Uh, And and a guy like Boye Mafé from from Minnesota had a fantastic week, was, was one of those guys. He can go outside, but he also flashed the ability to do a quick inside spin move that just got everybody all week. He had a great game as well. He's at 255 pounds. He's got long arms, strong shoulders. If you're looking for a guy that can come in and spell Clowney, um and be better and different than what Porter Gustin is or what Joe Jackson was, that's your guy. And and he's he, again, this is a um, listen. Listen to all these guys for one pick, the second round pick. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to kind of pick and choose what you want there. But yeah, it it was a good week. Dominique Robinson, if you want to go later from Miami of Ohio, and as an Ohio Bobcat, it pains me to talk nice about Miami guys. But this guy, <laughs> look, he was a wide receiver three years ago made bruce feldman's athletic freaks list it's easy to see why he's packed on pounce he hasn't lost the quickness he's still learning the intricacies of playing defense but my goodness for a fourth or a fifth round pick if you want to you know gamble that you have the player development ability that's a guy that you look at i really liked what i saw from him he had and one of the things that i liked you know even though he's new to defense he had a really keen understanding of how to play off the the guy to his inside like, okay, if the blocker shades him this way, then I got to go here. But he figured all that out pretty quickly. And then the athleticism was just, whoa, whoa dude, nice. <laughs> so uh, there, there's one for the later rounds. So we're not just talking about your second round pick here.
0: Well, I mean, the Browns could appease everybody and maybe drop down a little bit from 13. Um, Add maybe perhaps another second round pick. You've already got an extra third round pick. You know, do Adolfa uh, you know, uh, you will know, we'll be running the Minnesota Vikings day-to-day operations. Um, for me, you know, and look, everybody, oh, the trade down, the trade down. Look, you know, this time of year, you start to fall in love with so many players. So I try to find to get as many in here as possible. Also, you're trying to fill team needs before we get to free agency. Look, some of that work will be done there. We understand the way this all works. But strong weekend mobile mobile. And most importantly, um, for Browns' needs and what the Browns are probably looking at improving, I think uh, a lot of that came to fruition for them, and seems to be shaping up. Hopefully, here for you know Andrew Barry to be able to get you know some serious damage done come April. We are going to talk Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl, and again, I, I'm still trying to get myself into saying it. It just seems so crazy to actually say it. Um, but get ready, folks, come Sunday, six eighteen or so. Yes. Cincinnati Bengals, Los Angeles Rams, in the Super Bowl. Hey, Browns fans. This is Jeff Lloydman, the credible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free. Use promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much to two to $300 a year in cash back. And there's no cash. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free get upside app. Use promo code touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Again, Promo code touchdown. Jeff, you covered Matthew Stafford. So for basically his entire career. Um, obviously this offseason. Um, it was time maybe for the Lions to move on. Obviously, Matthew Stafford was a good soldier in Detroit for a long time. Um, but for Detroit, it was time to, you know, get a bunch of picks. It was time to maybe find the future quarterback. It was time to improve the roster overall. Matthew Stafford gets the opportunity goes out to the Los Angeles Rams uh, during the season. It looked like things are going very well for them. Uh, they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Look like maybe an icing on the Cape type of pick in the same week. They bring him, bring in Odell Beckham Jr. They lose Robert Woods, Cooper cup. I, I, I don't think there's enough superlatives for the season that Cooper cup put up this year. If you want to talk about maybe the best overall offensive player in the game in the 2021 NFL season, Cooper cup, very, very deserves to have his name recognized there Aaron Donald one of the best defensive players that ever lived year in year out he will be recognized as one of the best defensive players in the game the upstart Bengals, um for me as it's gone for this playoff run you know figured maybe they'd knock off the Raiders then it was all right well this is a nice little start for the Bengals, similar to the the Browns in 2020 oh you win again oh you go into to Kansas City you win again So this is a really difficult game for me to call because I've sat here for a couple of weeks now and said, all right, what's a nice run for the Bengals? This is probably going to end here. Oh, wait, no, it hasn't. So kind of eating a little crow on that one. The Rams, and again, look, this has no advantage of playing in Los Angeles. Any of these people, you know, 75% of the people sitting at the Super Bowl are barely football fans to begin with, so that has nothing to do with it. But this should shape up, Jeff, to be an exciting one because, you know, the Bengals can do a ton of things on offense, and they certainly can do it against any defense that is out there. And the Rams certainly have the capabilities uh, of pretty much doing the same while coming to this game with a stronger defense.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's a fascinating thing, you know. Just watching the Rams and seeing Matthew Stafford throwing to Adele Beckham Jr., guys who <laughs> you know worked their way out of teams that I covered in the last year, it's a little strange. I'm not gonna lie, it's a little it's it's a little maudlin, I and mean, you know, the, the, especially the the one game where they really hooked up together. I was like, wow, this is this is what could have been for either of the teams that I you know that I have rooting interest in, <laughs> and it didn't it didn't go that way. You know, it, I. I like the Bengals. I think they've got something, uh, and specifically th- to go into the matchups, the Rams don't have enough cornerbacks and linebackers to cover all the guys that Joe Burrow throws to, especially if Joe Mixon is working well as a runner, and, he, and that, that that forces them to keep a safety on it so they can't cover over the top. You know, Jamar Chase, wow, um, and you're, you're getting two preeminent wide receivers in this game, in Cooper Cup and and Jamar Chase. I think you see the impact. That having a star wide receiver puts on an offense, it makes the quarterbacks better. It makes everything else better because there's so much attention drawn to them. You know that, that you, when you have good complementary pieces, and the Rams have that, the, the 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 Bengals certainly have that with guys like T. Higgins and C.J. Zama. You know, if you're a Browns fan, you look at it and you're like, "Wow, give me a stellar wide receiver and and think of how much that will impact your offense." So. You know, I'm I, I am leaning towards the Bengals on it. I also think that the Bengals playmaking defense doesn't get enough credit. Trey Hendrickson, free agent signing of the year. My goodness, look at what he did. Uh, what, what, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, they let they let Carl Willis go. You know, what a mistake. You no, know, they got better when they got Trey Hendrickson in. Uh, and Jesse Bates one of the best safeties in the league a guy who's uh, I I don't think that there's any way that the Bengals let him go now in the free agency he's probably going to the franchise tag if they don't pay him yeah I, I, I tend to lean a little bit towards Cincinnati on this uh i i i know it's tough to go against Aaron Donald Von Miller you know defense but outside of the stars it you know Jalen Ramsey they don't have a lot like they, they don't have they don't have that playmaking depth they Who's going to be the guy that steps up for them and stops Uzoma over the middle when they're focusing on on stopping chase and and you know and Higgins outside they They don't have that guy, and I think that the Bengals are smart enough to attack that that, that That's my early read on it. Of course, we're recording this on Monday. Um, that could change by Wednesday, and my, my my tune could completely <laughs> change, but early on, I like the Bengals.
0: Um, for me, and I always go back, and this was a quote from Derek Jeter, and obviously, you know, when you talk about players and winning, you know, championships in their sport, and Derek Jeter always, you know, had this line of it's not know. the best, it's not the best team that wins, it's the hottest team that wins, and it's really hard right now to look at the Cincinnati Bengals and you know what they did, not only in the playoffs, um, but leading up to the playoffs, and that the teams they were able to beat, you know, obviously week eighteen, notwithstanding against the Cleveland Browns when they certainly did not give an effort. Um, and you know, I, I think they're young enough. I think maybe this is where inexperience maybe helps them in the whatever. It's just another game, and it's not like a franchise where the Rams have been to this before and come out on the wrong end. You know, for the Bengals, hey, this is a fun ride. Wow, what a well, we're gonna go. Well, we're gonna play one more. You know, we got a second-year quarterback, we got a rookie wide receiver. Uh, we're young everywhere, and I think they're just young enough to maybe not get lost in the moment or where maybe the moment gets too big for him. because I, I, I think they understand it. And certainly the LSU guys and Chase and Burrow, they have this experience. They've been kind of down this road in the big game before. So it, I, do tr- I do truly believe it is anybody's ball game. But with that, Jeff, I'm going to have to put you on the spot. You're going to have to give me a Super Bowl winner and you're going to have to give me a Super Bowl MVP. All right, I'm going to go with the Bengals winning by four. Uh, I'll go 24 to 20. Um,
1: and, and also don't forget Bengals have a rookie kicker. That guy's awesome. Just fantastic. <laughs> he's, he's an edge. He's a weapon. Uh, and they're not afraid to use him. And I, I love what he said when they called him out there to go win that game. Uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to the championship game. Like just that. I, I want a kicker with swag like that, man. I I appreciated that. So uh, yeah. And, and MVP, I'm going to go against the grain here. Most people are going to say Burrow or Chase. I think it's going to be Trey Hendrickson because I think he's a, I think he's a problem that the Rams can't account for with their offensive line. Uh, look, look, I love Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth, even though he played for the Bengals, has been one of my favorite players since he entered the league. I love that guy. I I, I think he's an un, uh, criminally underappreciated talent. but He ain't what he used to be, and he's been he's been hurt a little bit. Um, and the way that they can move Hendrickson around, the way that they get some, some inside push from some guys, uh, I, I'm i going to go with Trey Hendrickson as the MVP. I think he's going to get a couple of sacks and maybe a, a strip sack or something that, that changes the game.
0: And we certainly know that, you know, Matthew Stafford, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I- I- in the moment that has gotten to him. And the thing, you know, when you uh, are bringing up Andrew Whitworth, I think if you look at a player and you know Andrew Whitworth's age and you look at him in his uniform, you're like, yep, that makes sense. The body ain't right anymore. Um, you know, he just looks like you know, like the dad, like they threw out the high school prize uh, at practice because they have to emulate a player they're gonna play this coming <laughs> week who's six foot five, three twenty-five. Um, so it's gonna be an interesting game. And I, you know, for you know, the Browns fans, look, the Bengals, you know, the Browns aren't getting anywhere so the Bengals win the Super Bowl. So let's stop with that nonsense. Um, it, it seems that, you know, the further the Bengals go, Browns fans want to make this team less and less talented. Yes, it was a bad year, I understand. Um and I will continue to say this one of the most difficult matchups for the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL currently is the Cleveland Browns and this is before an offseason to go. So everybody sit back, enjoy the game. We're going to get a bunch of guys in here this week get their thoughts obviously you know on the draft process, on the offseason, we'll certainly get some Super Bowl thoughts. J- Jeff, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you making the time. Um And, you know, for you, obviously, a lot of weekend coverage coming up here as, you know, we get closer and closer, you know, combine coming post Super Bowl. Then we start working our way in a free agency, then on to the NFL draft. Um, You know, Jeff, for, you know, coverage of teams that disappointed and did not meet expectations, um, the work never stops.
1: Hey, this is my time of year. I cover the Browns and the Lions.
0: The the offseason is our (laughs) good season most years. I'm I'm used to it. So I'm I'm ready for it. (laughs) man. Let's go. Absolutely, all guns are blazing. Uh, make sure you're following Jeff Rizdin, Uh Work over at Browns Wire, of course. Lions Wire, and of course, Real GM. Jeff puts out a couple of articles over there a week. Always some of my favorites. So make sure you're following there. The show, uh, the show itself, locked on Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me, personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. DMs are open as well. Uh, The show, again, and we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribe to Locked On Browns. Five-star ratings and written reviews. Again, please and thank you so much. And with that, folks, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.